kid, it's your boy Rich Notch. Yo, I'm Brock Landis. And this is Chop It Up Hip Hop. And today we got a special guest in the building from Rockaway, Bobby J from Rockaway. Yes, sir. In the building, I mean, thanks for coming through. Thank you, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Pleasure. Yeah, you've been doing this for a minute, repping the rock, repping Rockaway Beach and everything. Yeah, long time, man. It's been like, you know, I started when I was around like 10 years old, pursuing it professionally since I'm like 13 or 14, so. You know, it's definitely something I've been I've been rapping longer than I than I haven't been rapping at this point. So it's okay. something oh, I've been wow. doing for a long time. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. And now you got the buzz going. Trying, man. Yes, sir. You know, sir. Yeah, the buzz is out there definitely. Um, I'm gonna start by asking a question that we ask most of our new artists, and like, what what made you start rapping? Like, what what was your like what made you pursue the music? Thing? Um, I mean, like I always tell people, you know, there was always music being played around me from you know my parents and my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was like heavy into classic rock. My dad was from Detroit. He was into classic rock, but he also played a lot of Motown, a lot of funk, soul, more eclectic stuff like new wave music. And then my brother, who's five years older than me, he was just, you know, like an MTV junkie. Like literally that's what was on my TV at all times. So I got to see, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Yo MTV Raps, everything that was being played on MTV. When they used to play music. It was just background. <laughs> yeah. MTV yeah. used to play music. That's what it stood for. Like, exactly. Uh, so now they, I don't know what happened. But yeah, so like, you know, I, rem- I have early memories being, you know, five, six, seven years old, just kind of being forced to watch it and just liking all the music that I was listening to. And, you know, cue the, the mid to late 90s, my brother's attention almost completely shifted to hip hop. So I would just go in his room and steal his CDs and, and listen to him. And it was like the perfect entry for me because, you know, he had albums like Illmatic, he had albums like Ready to Die, Reasonable Doubt, Capital Punishment, Legal Drug Money. So like I would just go and steal his albums and listen to him over and over and over and over again. And I kind of just studied him and, and took myself to school. And I think, you know, the first time like I heard someone like Big Pun or, you know, a Jay-Z or a Nas, like it was just so clear to me that they were a level above everyone else and that's kind of when I started to like really listen as opposed to just you know just liking it for how it sounded or how the beats were so once I started to understand like rhyme structure and becoming a student yeah like I really became a student and it, it I'm just the type of person like when I like something I dive into it head first and it just got to a point where I was like, all right, I want to see if I could do this. You know what I mean? And I started, you kind of start out emulating the people you listen to. And then just after trial and error and just practice, like I started to develop my own thing. Develop your own, create your own thing. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty much it. It was just being more than anything, like intrigued by like the technique of it and wanted to be able to do it myself. So who was your first like favorite rapper? Like who did you like? Catch your attention um, right away. Favorite like, group, group or I mean, rapper. like, I, I think, honestly, like, my gateway drug, the album, the first album that I really, really fell in love with was Ready to Die. Okay. And, you know, still to this day, like, that's probably my favorite rap album. You know what I mean? That was, that was the album that I just listened to back to front, front to back. And from there, you know, it was kind of like, the more, the more I studied that album, it was just a perfect gateway to stuff like Illmatic and Reasonable Doubt. And then, obviously once the internet came around, which was, again, kind of perfect timing, like late 90s, me being like 13, 14 years old, I was like, all right, if I like this, what else am I going to like? So I had just, I just had free reign to... Wait on that Napster? Exactly, like (laughs) Napster, LimeWire, like that was, that was my Friday night. Like I'd sit in my basement, 
and download as much music as humanly possible. And that's like how I started to discover, you know, more underground artists like Chino XL and like Killer Priest and Big L. And like, I was a huge cannabis fan. Like, you know what I mean? Like I used to listen to cannabis a lot. Um, Everybody so did. It was just, it was just a lot of things that kind of were at the right place at the right time that just molded my just taste, you know what I mean? And then I just went from there. Yeah, good taste. Yeah, definitely good taste. Uh, like, so somebody that never heard your music, like, how would you describe it, like, to... Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying, trying to put an updated spin on stuff that I grew up listening to. You know, my, my rule of thumb is, like, if a 15 or 16-year-old me wouldn't listen to it, then I'm not going to put it out. You know, I think in a in a, a, an industry right now where everything is so homogenous, where literally you know producers don't even have a signature sound anymore like right, everything right. sounds like a run-on sense even the rappers that i like you know there's no identity to the music that's being put out Preach. you know i want to i want to have the east coast identity to the music that i'm making and not do it in a way that's trying to recapture some kind of bygone era like i'm not trying to do shit over fake primo beats and and stay stuck in 95 like i want to bring that sound into the new age you know what i mean if that makes any sense but no, i get what you're saying at the same time you know i'm not trying to reinvent the wheel i just want to yeah. draw a line in the sand and say More like, like an evolution of yeah like this, this is what i grew up listening to yeah. this is the stuff that inspired me you know if i if i was trying to do my version of like trap music or like just try to emulate everything that's 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 big right now you know it would almost be like selling out it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so fun authentic. to me. It wouldn't be authentic, organic. You know, so yeah. I try to just mix up, you know, all the influences that I have. And, right, right. You know what from, I mean? from when I listen to your music, I get that the vibe, like it's it's positive, but it's not like cheesy. Yeah. It's like positive, a good feel, like you got a good vibe to your music, which when you listen to Tribe or like an Ilmac, like exactly. it has, I, which I like that. Daylight, all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's like you just try to. Yeah, that, that's like, what I get like, when I, I listen to this music. You're yeah. not trying to be like hard or whatever, but mm. you know what I mean? Not saying you're soft, but it's like, it's like a good, a feel good hip hop. It's that good 90s feel. It sounds yeah. organic without sounding outdated. But you could listen to it at barbecues, parties, you know what I mean? It's like a good feel, you know? Yeah, I mean like, the hardest thing is, and honestly, it took me forever just to discover like who I am. You know what I mean? Like the hardest thing I think a lot of artists go through is just like, who do I want to be? How do I how do I want to present myself? You know? And there's I had to go through so much stuff and and like just that artist development process that doesn't even exist anymore. There was just so many evolutions to me getting here now. So right, right. you know, I just always try to inject my my personal experiences and. You know, try to make authentic hip hop from like an honest perspective. You know what I mean? Well, you're doing a good job because I definitely like when I heard it. I'm like when I heard some of your earlier stuff. I'm like, I'm like okay. Then I heard more. I was like, he's really catching catching that that uh, that that feel of the '90s that we grew up on and love, but it still sounds like updated. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It still sounds fresh and yeah. new, but you still with the bars, with the beats and the hooks. And like I said, when I heard it, I got I got it like a. Uh, flashback of Daylight, Gangstar, and all that when I was listening to it, which is dope. Thanks, like you man. said, a lot of new artists coming out from Rockaway and from everywhere, it, they doing the same sound. It's like it's like they go in the studio, like I want a song like this, like they, yeah, they, they go and try to create a I song that's this. on the radio. Yeah, whatever's on the charts, know, on the billboards, or popping in the strip club. I, like I want something just like that, and it's. <laughs> There's no identity. It's, it's like a bunch of clones. But um, some people actually stand out that do it. Because yeah, my whole thing is, 
if you're doing trap and that's what you really love, it's gonna show. Mm -hmm. Just try to be the best at what you do. If it's the trap lane, if it's the boom bap lane, if it's the party lane, if it's the conscious lane, positive, just be the best at what you do and it's gonna show. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming from a perspective of like, I dislike it because I do like a lot of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think people hear me and then they just assume that I'm like more like I'm like this like anti mumble rap dude. Or, even that's a blanket term that people use to just describe any new rap. That but it's like true. my my thing is I just miss I miss when you know producers used to have their own identity, regions used to have their own identity. You know you could listen to something and say okay, Pharrell did that. All right, Timberland did that. All right, Just Blaze did that. Like it just doesn't it doesn't sound like that anymore. Like I can't. Not to say there's no dope producers now, I just don't think that it's as important for some of these young kids to really, one, research the music that they're making and have like a foundation for what they're doing. Or, you know, I don't think it's important for them to feel like they have to distinguish themselves and, and right. sound different from other people. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, I have this program. I could, I could, I could program this beat up. You know, it has the, the 808s and, and the, the rolling hi-hats and I have my little shit over it. and you know, that's a, that's a dope beat, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot more that goes into it. And the barrier to entry now is so low. Whereas if you were a producer back in the day, you had to actually go buy the equipment. You had to learn how to use it. Yeah. There was a knowledge that came before and, and a learning curve, you know what I mean? Yeah, like there yeah, was a knowledge know. that came before that's kind of like lost, you know what yeah. I mean? So. Well, talk about producers. Um, I see you work with Kwame. Does, is he producing or like, how did you connect with Kwame? For um, those who don't know, the youngins out there, Kwame, Kwame, yeah, the legendary Kwame yeah. from Queens. Salute to Kwame. Yeah, so I, um, I mean, I met Kwame just through, by by complete chance. You know, I went to I went to high school at the school St. Francis Prep in Queens, and that was like, that was the first time I I ever had an audience to rap in front of. Like everything was kind of like me rapping for my friends. My brother, me writing rhymes in my basement, but like, how could you? How good could you be when you don't have any like objective people standing on the side like that will keep it 100% honest with you? So, high school was like the first time I really got to rap and like had that affirmation like, all right, maybe I should stick with this. And my best friend was this kid Anthony, and he was kind of like a dude that was doing everything that I wanted to be doing. He was working in studios with producers. And at that time, that was like a big step because it wasn't like everybody had Pro Tools in their, you know, in their bedroom and they could just make songs on demand. Like right. me just getting into a studio and recording was a feat in and of itself. So yeah, yeah. It me and him got real cool. It was a big deal back in the day. Somebody exactly. Had equipment, like now yeah, everybody's like, on their laptop. But if you heard somebody had equipment, like, oh, word, I want to go there. Now it's just like anybody can get yeah. software. Yeah, so he was like the first kid that was actually doing it and I did we just got real cool and it's funny because when I walked in here I saw Radiant who I haven't seen in I don't know so Radiant was somebody I worked with very early on uh -huh. and Kwame was somebody that was working with Anthony as well and I don't know how they got connected but all I know was he was working with my my best friend my best friend pretty much vouched for me and was like, you gotta work with this kid. He brought me up to Kwame's apartment, which would, which at that time was literally like sm smaller than like half this room. And it was, it was up in Harlem and his whole entire apartment was recording equipment, like his whole studio, 
took up the entire space. He maybe had a small bathroom, small kitchen. Like his mic booth was in his bedroom. Everything was studio equipment. And that work. And um, yeah, man. I mean, again, and I said this to Radiant before. Like I was as unpolished, as green as I possibly could be. I didn't know anything about writing records. I could, I could rap a little bit, but I was, I was very new to everything. And you know, he took a chance on me. He was kind of the first person that really gave me like that approval and saw something, I guess. And you know, he took me under his wing and pretty much raised me as a rapper. You know what I mean? He he took me through that whole artist development process. Wow. He you know explained the ins and outs of the music industry because it doesn't exist no it. more. That yeah, art, so, yeah, artist yeah. development. That's very. I'm super like, oh, grateful that for that because it's like you're, you're high on SoundCloud. Yeah, here's a yeah, deal. Yeah, you got a lot of follows <laughs> and likes. Here's a deal, real yeah. quick. Three sixty deal, you get jerked. But yeah, artist <laughs> development is a huge thing. Yeah, so I was lucky, yeah. man. Like I, I was lucky to be very able fortunate. to have that experience. You know, a lot of people don't get to get to to go through that. So. Yeah, I pretty much been been working with him ever since, and um, you know we're just like we're like family at this point. You know he's super loyal to me, I'm super loyal to him, and we just always kept pushing, man. Like through everything, we've just always been working together. And I mean at this point, we're about to put out an album. He did like 80% of it, so that song that y'all did together, The Return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it how y'all did the back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And Kwame was spitting on that. Like yeah. he sounded, I was like, okay, I ain't Kwame in a while. So <laughs> to hear that, I was like, wow, Kwame still got it. Well, that, like that's it the play. thing is like, he can still rap. So yeah. every time like I put anything out, I always try to get him back on because he likes being in the background, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he stays sharp. So, and he's got a, he really does have a, a loyal fan base. Like people love mm-hmm. when he puts stuff out and, you know, he does little freestyles and stuff here and there, but he he likes to stay behind the scenes. But, you know, he's not like one of these guys that was around in a particular era and raps the same way today that he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to showcase that. And, um, you know, he's on the album as well, rapping. So yeah, he sounded definitely, he definitely yeah. sounded good on that song. Uh, the Bobby song. Who, who produced that? Who was the producer? On that's that? Kwame. Oh, that's Kwame? Yeah, yeah. Another dope song. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. That. The Bobby joint. Yeah. That joint is dope. Uh, Thanks, man. Walter White, we, Static, Static Kill, that's another How did that come about? Yeah, how did that come it's about, like Static, static Selector? Um, well, Static, I met Static through my manager who had a relationship with him. And, you know, my manager, I pretty much have two managers at this point. It's my boy Greg, who I've known since I'm a, I'm a kid, and my boy Sean, and they kind of like help each other out. My boy Sean works at Brooklyn Bowl, so he kind of rubs shoulders with some industry types. And he 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 knows Static in passing, and he had He's been- a DJ, Sean? Is he a DJ? Uh, he used to back in the day. He used to DJ? He yeah. sound familiar. Yeah, but he does, he does, he does, he does like day-to-day management and stuff. All right, all right, all right, all right. Continue, go ahead. So he had been, you know, telling Static about me just relentlessly. And eventually Static was like, all right, bring him to the studio. So I got in the studio and Static must have played 200 beats, like back to back to back to back to back. And like every last one of them was dope. So finally I had to just like narrow it down to like five or six, Walter White being one of them. I think I came back in like two days with that written, but it didn't have a hook on it yet. And I knew that I wanted him to scratch on it because I hadn't made, at that point I hadn't made a straight up like New York hip hop record with with some scratches on it. And it was just dope because I got to sit with him in the studio and, and run ideas back and forth about what I wanted him to cut. You know, he came to me with the Method Man sample, and then I wanted him to chop up the RZA sample. So yeah, he's perfect for that. Yeah. So he and he did it in like 
I don't know, five minutes. Like once, once, once we were able to identify what we wanted to do, we did it in like five minutes. So, you know, from there, you know, me and him have, have a good relationship and, and he's got another song on the album and, you know, hopefully we get to do some more stuff in the future because he's one of my favorite dudes doing it. Uh, the, the Walter White, you said you wrote the, you wrote that, the lyrics of um, verses in two days? No, nah, That wrote, last verse is crazy. No, nah, I wrote that, I wrote that in, I, I basically, I took it home and I wrote that in, in one day. Um, and then I came back and I, I recorded it with him. So I had the reference that I sent to him, All but right. it was kind of bare, like it didn't have the, the hook on it. You yet, went so. in on that last verse. Thanks, man. <laughs> that last yeah. verse on that Walt the White? Thanks, man. Yeah, you, you definitely uh, went in. Appreciate it. And then the latest joint you dropped was uh, Flow Like This? Was that the... Uh... Flow Like This is um, gonna be for another project that I'm working on with Daru a Jones. drummer named Daru Jones. Oh, so that was him on the drums, actually. That was him on the drums, dope. yeah. That joint is dope. Yeah, so so Daru is he's he's like one of the dopest working you know just mu musicians slash drummers like out. I mean he's literally traveling all the time doing shows everywhere. Like he works with Jack White and he just worked on Gloria Gaynor's album. Like and then he does random hip hop shit. So it's like his resume is ridiculous. And um, I did a show with him at this spot, um, the Blue Note. Uh, down in, in on, on McDougal, yeah. and you know he liked what I was doing and, and wanted to do a project with me. So we, we got a project that that we're working on, and it's 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 a EP slash like documentary because we filmed everything. So I, I wanted to do something with him where it was just literally him playing the drums and me rhyming, and everything just flows seamlessly into each other. So that's a separate project. Um, okay. But um, it, it's gonna be dope, man. We're, we're getting everything, you know, mixed and, and mastered right now. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Definitely dope. Who did the uh, Let Me Breathe beat? Who, who That's Kwame. Kwame again? Yeah. Yeah. You used to produce a lot of joints yeah. back in the day. Yeah, they said, yeah. His, his resume is dope, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's another one. Like he, you know, he does a lot of, you know, he did Vivian Green's last two albums. He's done shit with like Method Man, Talib Kweli, and then he'll go and do like a Jesse McCartney or like Pussycat Dolls record. You know what I mean? So Versatile. His, his 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 resume is you know cross genres. So yeah. he's he's Wide definitely range. dope. Wide yeah. range. So when you go to the studio, like every MC, most artists got like a certain survival kit they need when they go to the studio. What's yours? Like tea, weed, Hennessy, like um what's your what like what's you need when you go in the store? It depends. Recording? Like if I'm if I'm at <laughs> see he doesn't he doesn't drink or smoke. So that stuff when I'm working with him directly, like yeah. I'm not really like leaning on like, you know, smoking weed or, or any shit like that. Honestly the only substance that gets abused is like Red Bull. You know what I mean? Like Red it's Bull. just constant like caffeine like <laughs> trying to keep the energy up. But like when I'm at home I'll, you know, I'll hit the G pen or whatever, but I try not to make that a crutch. Like I need this to be creative. You know right. what I mean? I try to be able to create when I'm sober as well, because I know there's a lot of people that they can't write or have their facilities at hand unless they're like drinking or smoking. Yeah, they and, need that. You know, I try to, I try to be able to create if I don't have any of that stuff around me, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's different vibes for different studios, you know what I mean? Yeah. When, I'm, when I'm at my crib and time, it, I don't have these time constraints, you know, sometimes I'll smoke, but it's really just about putting myself in a, in a zone. And, so you do most of your writing at home or in the studio when you get to the lab? You want I, to do both. The speakers? I do both. I do both. You know, right. sometimes, like, if I'm working with Quam, like, a lot of times we try to make the, the creative process, like, as organic as it possibly can be. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff will just 
be me me and him sitting down and just having like a long drawn out conversation that will eventually become a record you know what i mean and then i'll write something maybe maybe i'll get half the song done i'll come back and i'll lay it down i like writing in the studio because i like to you know once you catch that like vibe or that creative energy i like to play off that um you know at home i try to write as much as possible you know what i mean like literally just go in my studio and i feel like if i sit down and i cue the beat up and i put the headphones on that's like half the battle you know what i mean and then I'll see if, if, if the vibe is right and I could get anything out. I never try to force it. If it's not working, I'll come back to it. So, you know, I have a couple methods to how everything works out, but it's really like song by song, you know what I mean? What, what dream collab would you like? If you could collab with anybody in the industry, like producer anybody. Producer or, or rapper? Artist, artist. We go artist first. Do artist and a producer. Yeah, yeah. Like any artist, any group, if you could have that one, they give you one pick, anybody in the industry. Who would it be? It's hard to say one. Um, well, you can give us two. I'll give you two. Uh, if it was a, if it was producers, um, I, definitely Rick Rubin. Mm. Um, Legend. Or I mean, Premier or Dre. You know what I mean? Like that would just be a dream come true. Um, rappers. Artist oh, wise, yeah. I mean, I, Black Thought's my favorite rapper. So. Ooh, like yeah. somebody like him, Method Man. Love to work with Method Man. Um, I think most of them are scared to get in a booth with Black Toy. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's I, why I, he don't got a lot of features and a lot I of get, I think they. You know what? I'd, I'd happily, happily get destroyed by Black Thought. <laughs> you know, happily pause. accept that, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just a <laughs> major pause on that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But that's expected. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Black Thor met the edit man. Edit that out. Uh, yeah. yeah um, I mean, that's you know, that's 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 one of my favorite MCs. Meth, uh, meth, meth would be up there. Obviously, a J or a Nas. You know what I mean? But it's like I want to be, I want to at least feel like I'm challenging myself. You know what I mean? So, if that's if that's the end result, so be it. But it's like I respect that. Most cats you know they I mean? don't they don't want to be challenged. You know what I mean? In the booth, but. That's what's up, man. But so the next project that you got on his way, what's the, what's the name of the other So the movie? album's called Summer Classics. So Summer Classics, yeah, and that's dropping when? That's dropping, you, the tentative date is, is July 26th. Oh, okay. You know, so we're, that's gonna be the end of the month. But um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just super excited. I've been, been working on it so long, it's, it's hard to even believe that it's like at the end, but you know, everything's just getting the finishing touches put on it. So, you know, we were waiting on a couple features and everything's out of the way now. So, you know, we're, 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 we're editing the video for this joint I got with Fame called Hook Drop. Shout out to Fame from MOP. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm just super excited. You know what I mean? Like I said, July 26th. So by the time we probably drop this episode, it probably be past July, but so we're gonna yeah. definitely have to have him up again yeah, after we sure. all listen to it. That's what we do yeah. on this show a lot. We break down albums and everything. So we would love to dissect the album and let me, everything. Let me ask you, since we're Rockaway people, the Summer Classics name, is that like inspired by the tournament at 129? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so <laughs> you know, that. it's funny because the name, originally I was gonna name the album Hometown. Okay. And then I was trying to come up with a, an idea for merchandise to sell and you know, being that I'm from Rockaway Beach, the Summer Classics basketball tournament is so much wrapped into the, the community that yeah, I grew up in. Event, yeah. um, you know, I was like, damn, it'd be dope to flip 
the you know like the CYOTs that they had. And then I was talking to my boy Sean, who's who was helping me get the tees made. I was like, you know what? That's a dope name for an album because at the same time, I feel like every rapper wants to have those songs that are classic songs that play through the summertime. And I really feel like top to bottom, I'm giving people, you know, bangers, like shit that they could put, you know, they could take the roof roof off or the top down and play it. And it's it's a it's a summertime album. It has that energy, you know what I mean? And that it just kind of captured the whole feeling for what I was trying to go for. So You know, the best ideas just pop into your head. So it ties into the neighborhood yep. and it, it ties into to what I'm going for with the album That's as well. So. Your hand out shirts during the tournament. Yeah, you yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dope, dope. So, so we definitely looking forward to that because after hearing the singles and everything, I already know that you're expecting some heat. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Repping Rockaway, so it's always a good thing. But um, yeah, so... Any shows you got coming up you want to let know before we before we write this up? Like, any, I, got, I got to see a live show. We're definitely planning the album release party right now. So okay. that'll be that'll be in August. Um, I have a show at Brooklyn Bowl opening up for this dude Lyrics Born in October. And there's a couple other things in the works, but the ink's not dry on it yet, so I don't really want to say anything until it's done. Okay, okay, okay. No yeah, definitely, definitely in the in the near future, you know, we're going to have a bunch of shows. So the the, the, the recent one, or the one that, that's coming up, uh, more recently is going to be the, the um, album release party. So, you know, I'll, I'll put all the details and stuff out for that when, when the Check album drops. That. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, I got one thing is uh, your breakfast bar series. Yeah. Shit is fire. How'd you come up with that idea? Like, you know, explain to them what the, what the breakfast bars are. Well, the breakfast bar series was just like, I had, I've had official songs out and released since like 2007. Um, but there was definitely like a period where I pretty much became the mad rapper and I was like making music, but I wasn't putting anything out. And it was just like this dark period where I think a lot of a lot of artists, especially rappers, get jaded and they're kind of at a crossroads where it's like, do I keep doing this? Like, is this working? You know what I mean? And I was definitely in that period for a long time and it took me a minute to really get to a point where it's like, all right, like, I really want to put another album out again. I want to, you know, really focus on this music thing full time. And it just took me a minute to have the clarity to do that. And, you know, everything changed during that time period. It wasn't like I could just come back out and say, all right, I'm putting out new music again. I pretty much had to start from square one and, and build awareness for myself and let people know that I was putting music out again. Oh, okay. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start dropping a video or a song every week, every Monday morning for the next year. And that's kind of how the Breakfast Bars thing came into effect. You know, I would just, every Monday, you know, just my brother would, I would record the song middle of the week, my brother would shoot the video for me on a weekend. I'd edit it and I put it out on Monday. And I did that for a year straight and it started to bring me results like, I was starting to get more attention off of doing that than I had ever gotten before. Right. I mean, everything was pretty much using things that I had at my disposal. Like, you know, I had a little Canon camera. Sometimes I would shoot shit on my phone, uh -huh. but it's amazing what you can do with just a little, you know, I didn't really need anything. You know what I mean? Like right. I could shoot a video on my phone, edit it up, put it out on Instagram, and then you have thousands of people watching it. You know what I mean? So it was, it was extremely helpful in making people aware of me that never heard of me, getting people that knew that I rap but thought I stopped, 
back into what I was doing and just kind of build up anticipation for what I'm about to put out. And like, honestly, I don't, I don't even plan on stopping, you know, the breakfast bar series. I think it's, it's done more good for me than just about anything. You know, I think we just live in a time where you put something out on Monday, people forget about it on Tuesday. So it's just my way of feeding the beast and kind of adapting to the way shit is now. Yeah, people got short attention spans. Yeah, <laughs> that's like crazy. So. Crazy. But that's what it is. So let the people know where they can find you. Give them your whole uh, your social media platform. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty much at Bobby J from Rockaway on every platform. Um, you know, Facebook.com slash Bobby J from Rockaway. Instagram, Bobby J from Rockaway. Um, all streaming, Bobby J from Rockaway. My Twitter is Bobby J Rockaway. Bobby J from Rockaway.com. So everything is the same. You know, if you look it up, you'll find me. Bobby J Rockaway. All right. So uh, anything else you want to ask and say before we wrap this up? Summer Classics. Yeah, Summer man. Classics. I'm looking forward. I ain't going to lie. I'm looking forward June to June 26th. Look out for the video with Little Fame from MOP. The single's called Hook Drop. Also produced by Kwame. You know, shout out to all the artists and, and producers that contributed to the album. You know, obviously Statics on the album, Jake One's on the album. Um, I got Vivian Green on the album. Uh, Killer Priest is on the album. So you know, it's it's it's. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm just I'm happy to be at a point where I could even release something and people listen to it. So whatever it does doesn't really matter. It's it's to me this is a huge accomplishment. You know, in itself. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, thanks we happy to hear music like yeah, this. Yeah. We happy to hear thanks this. Coming, I mean, man. thanks for coming Thank up. Thank thanks for showing best love. For you, man. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, definitely got to come back again once the project yeah, drops. We got to have time, a man. part two to this. Rock away, y'all already know. Chop it up, hip hop. How we always say, stay fit and keep it hip hop. Chop, chop. Peace. Saturday Night Live shit. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs>